This is Olympic champion Scott Hamilton. Yes, the real Scott Hamilton. And you're listening to the other Scott Hamilton show where you should be entertained, informed, and maybe even amused. Just don't expect any backflips. I mean, have you seen him skate? Clemson Tigers off, 1-0 start, beat Georgia Tech 41-10. Short week, they got Furman. That'll be a 3.30 kickoff Saturday on the ACC Network. 41-10, I think it was much closer. It was much closer. I mean, literally much closer. Until the last couple minutes of the third quarter, and then Clemson pulled away in the fourth quarter. What are we to extrapolate from this game? What should we take away from this game going into the Furman game? Let's ask our guest. He was a uh, all-ACC quarterback at Florida State. Only the second quarterback ever to win four straight bowl games. It's quite an accomplishment. Now he's an analyst at the ACC Network. EJ Manuel, welcome aboard. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am very well, bub. Appreciate you hopping on with us today. What was your biggest takeaway from what uh, what went down in Atlanta last night? Uh, biggest takeaway was that Clemson's defense is still dominant. Uh, I think when you look at the game last night overall, I do agree with you. It was much closer than it seemed. I mean, there was a few moments where the offense got bailed out with some penalties. And the offense of Clemson I'm talking about with the pass interference where, you know, Georgia Tech had them on the ropes a little bit. But the defense overall, my biggest takeaway, man, those guys, at least four or five of them are going to be top one, two-round draft picks in the NFL. And uh, I really believe that's going to be what, you know, is their calling card throughout the entire season as it goes forward. Yeah, EJ, we've we've seen this movie before. Clemson have a great defense, and it carries the team throughout the duration of the season. But at what point this year does Clemson's offense need to step up and maybe at least at times look like Clemson's offense of the past? Yeah, well, I think once they get into games where, you know, it's not a Georgia Tech type of offense they're playing against, you know, when there's a team that, you know, can jump out on them early in the game. You know, from the get-go, you know, the very first play, Georgia Tech throws an interception. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right then and there, the momentum had already shifted in Clemson's hands anyways. It was just a matter of Clemson not messing it up. Uh, but I believe at some point when they play a team like Pitt, you know, with a quarterback like Keaton Slovis and, you know, or North Carolina teams that can kind of go Duke for Duke or even the Florida State, you know, teams that aren't necessarily going to just, you know, go by – or go through the motions offensively that can also score points too. EJ, I hear some beeping. Are you heating up a burrito or something? Or? <laughs> I'm actually picking up my laundry right now. So I'm running errands. Uh, I've been moving boxes the past two hours with my wife. <laughs> so it's a busy day. As soon as I got back home, I got right back to work. So and yet you know, I got to do what I got to do. He's hopping on the phone with us. It's EJ Manuel accommodating us. Follow him on Twitter <laughs> at EJ Manuel3. EJ, the big topic, the big narrative for Clemson for the past year, the quarterback position, DJ, last night, not awful, but not great. How would you grade uh, DJ ABD, ABCDF? Yeah, I would grade him a B. Um, you know, DJ, for one, is dealing with a lot of, you know, expectation as far as what he's supposed to be. Um, you know, at the end of the day, man, if you're a quarterback of a team that won 10 games the year prior, thank you. Uh, you're not doing that bad, you know, but I feel like for DJ, it's a matter of confidence. Um, it's a matter of the guys around him making plays. And sometimes as a quarterback, that's out of your control. I mean, you got to go out there and make the throws, make the right decisions. 
And uh, I think if you were to go back and, and look at the tape, there were moments when he did that really good, and then there were moments when he didn't do that well. Uh, and then it doesn't help that Kay Clubnick comes in at the end of the game and goes right down the field and scores. And so I already know the birds are chirping down there in Clemson and, you know, the expectation of what might happen at the quarterback position. But overall, I would give him a B. Uh, anytime you win a game, uh, beginning of the year, and you win by 30-plus points, it's not a bad day. No, no, it's not a bad day. But I, I want to get your opinion on this. And you're a successful quarterback playing at one of the great programs of the last 35 years. I, it always seemed to me, and this is what I was told, that the great quarterbacks makes the players around him better. How good is DJ at doing that? Because I know that I know that Trevor had Travis Etienne and a lot of other dudes. Maybe the roster hasn't been quite that loaded for DJ, but has he done a serviceable job of making the guys around him better? Are you there, EJ? He hopped in the car on the Bluetooth, I think. I'm sorry. I think I lost you. Ah, there, he, there he is. I was asking you this question. How good is DJ at making the players around him better? Is that something that he needs to approve upon? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard to say, though, because, again, there's only so much a quarterback can do. I mean, there were a few times when the ball was right in the chest of EJ Williams or Bo Collins, and the guys didn't make the catch. Um, you know, so when you look at the tape, even back to last year, there were moments where DJ played really, really well. And, you know, there were probably at least three or four touchdowns that guys should have caught um, as far as making the people around him better. You know, sometimes that's cliche. I mean, each man has to do their job. You know, everyone uh, is out there to make plays. You, you go to Clemson for a reason to win championships. You're a four- or five-star caliber player. Um, so, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, it's on DJ to be the leader, but the guys around him have to step up and make plays too. You know, you saw Will Shipley when things weren't going on or going well. Uh, he finally gave them a spark, whether it was running the ball, catching a tunnel screen, and getting, you know, upfield. Um, so, Will's, you know, Will's on board, but I'm still waiting for guys like Ngata and Bo Collins and Williams, those receivers, really, to, to give them that success uh, because that's going to make DJ's job much easier. I'm not giving him uh, a pass, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to make an excuse, but it's true. Football is, you know, a team, a true team sport. You know, so in order for DJ to do his job, the 10 other guys out there have to do theirs as well. EJ, just a couple more minutes, please, and I want to shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about NC State. This is a team I'm very high on, and they're still they're undefeated right now. They're 1-0, but what happened at East Carolina was a little frightening, and the way Devin Leary looked, I don't quite know what to extract from that. 17-33, 211 yards, had a touchdown, had an interception. That interception was really bad. I mean, that was the interception that put yep. ECU in position to tie the game. If the kicker makes the PAT, who knows what we're talking about today. How should I now look at Devin Leary? How should I now view the Wolfpack? Yeah, well, personally, I don't make, you know, that rash decision of saying, hey, this guy's preseason ACC player of the year, and then he doesn't have a great game. Uh, and then all of a sudden I say he can't play. I don't believe in that. You know, I know how hard that sport is. I know how hard it is to play this position. Um, I, I just believe it's one of those moments that Devin had a little luck on his side. And I say the luck in the area of winning the game. Because as you mentioned, if they didn't win that game, you know, it almost will feel like the sky is falling down this early in the year in Raleigh for NC State. So, of course, there's things to clean up. It's the first game of the year. Another part about this, too, is Devin and his entire team are, are going to have to get used to getting the very best from every single team they play against this season. You know, at NC State, a lot of times they always have that chip on their shoulder, you know, the underdog. Nobody's expecting they're going to go out and beat Clemson, Florida State, whoever. Uh, and that's not the case this year. You know, they're the favorite. They're going to be a favorite in a lot of their games that they play in. 
And so whether it's ECU, whether it's Clemson, whether it's – doesn't matter. You know I mean? Harry High School, like they're going to get the very, very best of whoever they play this season. Uh, so hopefully that's a game that they look back and learn from and say, whew, kind of like wipe their forehead and just say they got, you know, got out a little lucky with the win. Uh, but definitely have to learn and turn it on from here this, from this point forward. EJ, just my last question for you. Do you are you a guy that goes and, and ranks quarterbacks in the preseason? Do you do your own list and you say, you know what, this guy's number one, this guy's number two, so on and so forth? Yeah, I, would, I usually leave that to Eric McLean <laughs> and Kelly Gramlich. They do that on their podcast. And no, I, I don't personally do it um, because, again, I don't, you know, you can rank guys based off what they did last season. But once, you know, once the year is over with, man, you start looking forward. You know, I think the rankings, as far as that conversation, I think probably is best as soon as the season ends, you know, maybe two months after. Uh, but personally, once that's over with, man, once we get into August and September, you know, I'm looking forward because, again, like you mentioned, you know, a guy could go out and throw for 3,500 yards last season, and if he doesn't do it again this season, nobody talked about him. Is, is there a guy out there, though, that if you – let's say you're starting a program right now, which quarterback in the ACC would you say, this is my guy? So, basically what you're asking, who is my number one quarterback? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, yes. here's the thing – Personally, when I talk about a guy, when I'm talking quarterback, I'm talking about expectation to go to the NFL, right? Or the, the level of play, the caliber of play, attributes that will carry over to the next level. Um, I think the first one that comes to mind is uh, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. The size, the arm strength, the capability to run when he needs to. He's not a burner, but he's a guy that can get himself out of trouble. Um, the, the confidence. Uh, the know-how, uh, I just feel like as he played last season, he got better and better and better. Um, and, you know, this is personally, I think, the, the deepest uh, quarterback group in, in college football. I mean, you could go uh, from one to maybe 11, and all these guys could play and start at other various universities across the country. But for me, uh, my favorite probably right now is Tyler Van Dyke and just the way that he plays and how his skill set could carry over to the NFL. EJ, your uh, Seminoles got to win 24-23 over LSU. Nothing you don't know, but I want to I see if I am correct in saying this. My biggest takeaway from that regarding the Seminoles was that the offensive line, I, I thought the offensive line looked much improved, especially the interior, the two guards in the center. I like their footwork a whole lot. Yep. Am I correct in that assumption, that estimation? Absolutely. Uh, the Florida State offensive line, even going back to the Duquesne game and of course, people will water it down and say, oh, they blew out Duquesne, which they're supposed to do. But when you have three rushers go for over 100 yards, your offensive line is doing something. They're moving people. And, you know, I was excited to see the carryover against the LSU football team. Um, the two standout All-American defensive linemen got hurt. But, hey, you know, it's still LSU. And it's still, you know, a big-time game on a national stage. And I really felt like the offensive line, it's going to carry this Florida State football team. And it's funny because everybody's always said the O-line has been the Achilles heel of the Knowles for, for years, and, and, and sometimes they have been. Uh, but I think with the continuity that Coach Norvell has built with his offensive staff, the offensive coordinator, Coach Atkins, uh, who's also the O-line coach, um, and even the D-line for Florida State, I think those two, O-line and D-line, are going to be calling cards for this football team. And uh, if you can win the trench battle in college football, really any level of football, you're going to have a chance to win a lot of games. All right, so you moved boxes, you picked up your laundry. Are you going now to get, like, your cable hooked up, your internet hooked up? You, what's on your agenda? Nah, it's, it's funny, man. So my wife is an entrepreneur, and uh, she sells a fitness product online. We've been putting it off forever, and I had to switch the storage facility. We also have a three-month-old baby, so she's dealing with the baby. Ooh. I'm literally standing outside of the car because what happened, my, my, my phone had connected to, like, the car play, so I couldn't hear you. So, hey, look, 
I got it done under pressure. That's what we do as quarterbacks. We still make it happen. And uh, obviously, I'm a man of my word. So if I'm going to make the show, I'm going to make the show. And hopefully, uh, this was a good hit. And the fans listening enjoyed some of it. I, I want to know more about this fitness product when we get time. <laughs> hey, well, look, it's called Vletics. Uh, I'm sure you want to look it up and see what my wife's into, right? But it's called Vletics. And uh, it's basically like, uh, how would you describe it? It's like a band system and something she created during the pandemic, uh, you know, when people couldn't go to the gym. So uh, if you guys want to look it up, it's VTH. L-E-T-I-C-S on Amazon. And uh, I'm not trying to plug it for you guys to sell it. Plug it, buddy. It. Oh, sorry for you guys to buy it, but you asked. And so there you go. And uh, that, that's what she has going on, man. I'm looking at it now. So do I get like, do you have like a code I could use where I get like 20% off? <laughs> I'm just asking. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I get 50% off next time I come to Clinton. I get a, a nice meal and, you know, maybe a round of golf or something like that. So that's that's my that can be like a nice little exchange there. I got you, man. You get me in shape. It's EJ Manuel, ACC Network. Follow him on Twitter yes, at EJ Manual Three. EJ, you the man, brother. Get back to running errands. You got it. All the best. Take care. All righty, man. EJ Manuel joining us, breaking down everything going on in the ACC. He doesn't do the preseason list. I. He might not take the time to put pen to paper or to type it out on his notepad on his phone or whatever. But they all have a list. They all have a list. It's in their head. It's in their head, even if it's not like somewhere you can see it. Because he was real quick with Van Dyke at Miami. And I can't say I argue with that, especially after Devin Leary struggling. I, I will say this, and we'll, we'll get to more of our best and worst of the weekend. Might be on my worst of the weekend. He ain't winning the Heisman now. No. He ain't winning the Heisman. So. Tough luck, Devin Leary, NC State. Good luck, EJ Manuel with that move. The Scott Hamilton Show on Tuesday.